Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship is a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, and I'm here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, are you guys there live? Keith and I are going live today in a special episode of Life School Podcast. We wanted to come together today, meet with you live, and tell you what's the what, and uh, yeah, and talk a little bit about the freakiness that we're seeing live all over the news and everything tied to the coronavirus. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of amazing what we're experiencing in such a short period of time. How are you guys doing, Heath? Are you guys all healthy and good to go or? Yeah, we're healthy right. As of right now, we're healthy. <laughs> good. <laughs> as far as yeah. we know. Everybody in Team K is healthy. Uh, we even have people pregnant and not feeling, you know, great in other ways, but none, none no symptoms or anything. Of course, um, I don't, in fact, I don't even know anybody who knows anybody. So praise God for that. Yeah, but I God. know it's a real thing. It's happening. Uh, there's plenty of news out there on both sides of this issue where people are saying, no, nah, it's not real. <laughs> you know? yep. And, and I know the church is trying to decide how do we, uh, how do we, how do we respond? And, and like, and I'll tell you what, in this state where we live in Washington, um, the state has said no gatherings of any type, like games, concerts, uh, sporting events, shows, or even church gatherings over 250. Yeah, yeah it's crazy, isn't it? I've never right. seen a time like this, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. I, I guess it's legal. I'm not sure how the, the state gets to say how we gather, but I get it, you know. And, of course, there's really smart people working on this, and uh, we want to we wanna be able to trust them, right, and go with what they say. Um, uh. But then – I know in other states, it hasn't happened yet. A lot of states has kind of come with this. In New York, it's a 500-person uh, limit. But if you're less okay. than 500, you have to meet at half capacity, like whatever your occupancy permit is. Okay. So if you have an occup occupancy permit for like 300, you can only have 150 there or something. Now, there's no way they're policing this, right? But, you know, we, we yeah. want to be smart and try to follow the rules and, you know, follow I just gotta what's... Huh? I got a message from uh, from our employer two hours ago saying, hey, you guys are all not coming back for 30 days, work from home. And so I know a lot of schools are out. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in the Seattle area, Seattle metro area, even down here in Tacoma, yeah. six weeks mandatory ban. They're not going back till April. So I mean, yeah. it is a big deal. There, it is a significant, people are, are pumping the brakes on many different things. And it's going to be a, a huge economic blowout from this as well, right? We know of yeah. companies that are shutting their doors because they can't, no one's and showing I think, up. I think when it's all said and done, that'll be the bigger impact crisis. It yeah, really like now, not that loss of life isn't more like that any life lost over something is not worth the amount of money we you know i'm not trying to say that and i, I won't suggest it at all now um but i do think and really the reason i want to talk about this is i believe that we are right now presented with an opportunity as the church unlike anything that we've probably seen in our lifetime i really do mm. and i think it's an opportunity to truly glorify god and bring the reality of what salvation is and freedom and our faith and, and the kingdom of God to bear and make that real for people in a ways that they've never seen or, or heard of or experienced. I really do. I really right. do. And I so right. there's all kinds of responses coming out of the church though right now and how they're going to gather or not gather. And we'll talk about some of those and some of our thoughts on that, but there's also some crazy stuff coming out, isn't there? Crazy stuff from crazy people. I was, I don't know if you've seen like the Kenneth Copeland video out there, but Kenneth Copeland is this kind of a, you know, very charismatic Christian pastor who was trying to kind of 
lay hands on the TV screen the other day, the other day and mm. heal people of coronavirus. And so yeah. I think there's a healthy time too. I'm going to say that's wacky. Crazies. Okay. <laughs> that, I'm going to say that's wacky. You know, yeah. we get to pray for people, but laying hands on a TV screen and like, how, did he lay hands on his neighbors? Like, you know, or yeah. Anyway, yeah, passing out the blessing via the via airwaves. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of some crazy. That's some crazy. <laughs> I don't think that's our response, and I don't think our response is to say that it's it's a complete conspiracy. It's True. one po- political side trying to you know dodge another. I'm sure that people are jockeying for political position through all this, but that's everything. Yeah, and I think it's extra sad when it has to do with loss of life and sickness and fear. Yeah. You know, yeah. but unfortunately, those are the times we live in. You know, you know, Caesar. I'm kind of curious, like um. And what you're saying, you've obviously, we call you the, what did we call you? The older buck who's been around a bit longer. The older brother. Come on, man. (laughs) The older brother. Yeah. I'm kind of curious, like, what have we seen so far in the church? Like, is this general standard response uh, that you've noticed over the last week? And I'm sure that probably for many people, this is the first time we've actually seen the church in America go to really banning religious gatherings and having to figure out how to jump over some of these legal hurdles now, or these these hurdles what do you what are you kind of reading out there right now well it seems like either because they have to you know from what i'm reading and hearing and just you know a lot of pastors i talk to because of 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 maybe kind of having to or in preparation for it, we're probably going to have a lockdown in our state if we don't now in the sense of gathering size um yeah i'm i'm hearing you know people are starting to um either change the way they gather pretty significantly or yep. they're they're shutting down their gatherings you know for x amount of weeks or until further notice um, and they're starting to do live streams and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I've read a lot of articles attempting to help the church prepare to gather, you know, yep. amidst this outbreak. And I, if I'm honest with you, most of the suggestions are pretty much the same stuff that we've we've all kind of known since kindergarten, you know? Sure. <laughs> you know. And if implemented as this new strategy for how the church gathers, would really only serve to make our public gatherings more closely resemble going to an airport or a theater or a doctor's office, you know, they're just saying things like, well, you know, stay home if you're sick. Sure. Yep. That we did that, you know, for the last 30 years with our kids growing <laughs> yeah. up, you know, right. And yeah. we told people that, you know, make sure you wash your hands a lot, especially if you've been out in public. Hey, mm. I, I think we've, we know that, right. We've all Makes been sense. doing that. And it's still a really good thing. You know, yeah. keep a little more distance between you and other people, especially if they like are coughing or sneezing, you know, cough mm. into your arm. Hey, I, I, you know, I got grandsons that are two and three. Guess what we tell, tell them when they cough? Hey, cover your mouth, you know, cough into your sleeve, buddy. You know, like yeah. it's all that same stuff, you know, and, um, you know, no shaking hands or huggings. It, it, what, it, what they're sort of recommending, and this is from some pretty top level leaders, is it, as your church still gathers, you know, basically become sort of a gathered version of social isolation. Wow. Mm. You know? And I, and I even, I read one article, um, pretty, and I won't name names cause I really agree with most of what this article said and this, and this author says, and I respect him, but hmm. this is what he said, um, at the end of his article. And, and, and then I'll give you some thoughts on it. <laughs> he says, um, he says, our response must be equal parts realism as the church he's saying, and, and as the church gathered primarily is what this article is about. Our response must be equal parts, realism, okay. prudence, prevention, neighborliness, kindness, resolve, patience, and so many other things, but it has to start with dedication to humanity and to the earth hmm. and to the pursuit of joy, <laughs> you know, in the, in the I feel like he's existence. Le- and human like he's bravery must be highly prized. Human bravery must be highly prized and rewarded. Hmm. And I'm like, Ooh, I think, 
you know, yeah, sort of, but not quite, you know, like, is that the goal ever when we gather like that, that, you know, prudence and resolve and, and maybe some neighborly kindness. Like I think the cross and Christ's example calls us to so so much more. And, you know, I, I believe that in every way we gather, in fact, in all of our life, right? Obviously, um, our dedication is not to um, these things. It's not to human bravery. <laughs> it's yeah. to Christ in exactly. his glory. Like, what's he like? And his father's glory. Jesus came and said, I only do what I've seen the father do. If you see me, you've seen the father. I only mm-hmm. speak what I hear him speaking, right? Our, yeah. our, I hope that that Christ's life and example and the gospel, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and how that speaks into our life today, I hope that's our highest dedication. That in how yeah. we respond right now, individually, as families, as the church gathered and scattered, above all, our dedications to Christ and seeing him glorified. And, I, and sure. again, I think we have an opportunity right now to do this like we've not seen in a really, really long time. Well, and I think our dedication to Christ and his glory, you know, the, the end result of that, of course, is neighborliness and kindness and patience and all these other things. But but if you're starting with this dedication to humanity and the earth um, or this pursuit of human bravery as rewarded and prized ultimately yeah. and leave Jesus out of the equation, you're going to end up in a backward state. And, and I don't think the author's saying that to be fair. Yeah. Like he's saying to the exclusion of, he's not saying that, but it's kind of like when I read it, I was like, mm, fairly pragmatic and humanistic in response. In other words, it's, I could almost have put it right up next to like what hospitals are doing, what the airports are doing, what the grocery store is doing. You, you know yeah. what I mean? There yeah, was exactly. no, and I've yet to find too many articles really written, a few, and I'm going to quote a few today, um, a few that are like really sort of getting to the heart of this opportunity, right? Mm. Now, I know a lot of churches are starting to live stream their services. Now, now, yeah. Some have already done it, right? But now a whole lot of them are going to it, and there's a big push, and sure. that's, that's a big thing, right? They're either live streaming through YouTube or Facebook or other services. And what they're saying is, hey, we're not gathering this week. So you guys just get together in homes and, and we'll be on YouTube or Facebook and here's the address to go to, right? Now, but if people don't feel part of family, right? Are they actually going to show up at each other's houses? See, I don't, I don't think in many cases. If you've not propagated communal life, in other words, if, if people's biggest understanding is um, I sit in rows kind of in silence looking for what I get out of it and what my personal response is and my benefit, sure. you know what I mean? Then I don't think that automatically you just go, hey, start gathering in homes and people will. I think at best for most people, unfortunately, they might just turn on the live stream and watch it. They sure. might, right? Or, or their or, own house, yeah. Or they'll figure out right away, I can watch it later and most people just won't get around to it. That's <laughs> just yeah, exactly. You know how it works. And so I think there's some great implications there um, I, I'm not against the live stream in a sense, but I think the hope there that people will automatically be community, even though the church in many cases and, and probably at the highest percentage of church has not invested in life in community and bearing with one another and preferring one another and all those yeah. things so that now we go, hey, you know, because here's the dominant question. Are we only the church like in a service, in a building? Well, everybody mm. would say no. Well, but. For, for a lot of people and for a lot of budgets and a lot of programming and planning and the way we talk about it, yeah, that's really kind of the only way most people will really experience it in that building and through programming, yeah, right? Exactly. And that's why, you know, we're advocates for that and, and primarily expression of life and faith together in community, right? 
and with yep. neighbors and all that. And I'm going to talk about what I think are some amazing opportunities right now. Okay. Now I think something else that's going to be kind of interesting. I think that this is going to inadvertently actually help our cause because it's going to break this stranglehold further of like, well, good Christians go to church. You know, people who love God and love being together as a family hang out together and they are the church, right? But a lot of people now, because of their own sort of just consumeristic tendencies within their faith and, the, and how they've been trained to kind of consume like a message or services, a lot of these churches are just going to say, well, we're setting up and the band's going to jam and yep. sing worship and then preacher's going to preach, but everybody will watch it from home. I think a lot of people are going to go like, hey, could you just keep doing that? Yeah, yeah. It's you know? actually worked really well because I'm naked in my, you know, in my bed yeah, watching right? TV. And I'm yeah. going, and I'm kind of going like, well, there again, I want the gospel preached in any way it can. And I want people to hear the word of God and, 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 and worship and all that in every way they can. But, but I think we were created in the image of a triune God, a God that exists in community. And we were yeah. created for community and, and not though everybody believes it, but you know, you and I talk about it every, all the time <laughs> is sure. that we, we, we're going to best learn and best grow and mature in community. We're going to have a greater experience of worship together mm -hmm. in community, but not necessarily like in masses alone. And I think too, how will the world know that your mind, Jesus says, by your love, how does that happen if we're not expressing it? And like, it's not like, hey, by your love. So now turn and greet your neighbor. Oh, but don't shake hands anymore. Like, don't yeah, hug. Sure. <laughs> Get some friends over last night. And, and I, I was remarking to Tina this morning, like we hugged as much as we always do. <laughs> you know, mm. I don't know. Like, you know, we did. And well, maybe that was reckless. I, I don't think it was reckless. I think it was expression of love. Nobody was like, hey, I'm sick, stay back. But you know, I have friends come over all the time and say, hey, you know, I got a bit of a cold. Uh, just I'm going to. I'm going to keep a little distance. I don't want to get you and Tina sick. Yeah, thanks. Sure. You know, course, yeah. and I think that's where we're at. Obviously, I want people to be wise and I do want them to say, hey, there's some very good common sense stuff out there. Let's sure. follow that. But let's yeah, not be motivated smart. by fear. Let's not be motivated by self. Let's not be motivated by a chance to consume in even a lazier way. Let's yeah. not, let's not like be motivated by social isolation because that's what you know the news and the media and everybody's saying to do mm. right let's please let's let's stop listen if you if you're a believer right now and you're watching this and listening to this and you're out like totally loading up your shopping cart and hoarding toilet paper and i mean what is toilet paper why are people hoarding toilet paper there's no diarrhea connected to this or whatever you know it's out yeah. of fear and once people start they're like well i'm not really fearful of the coronavirus making me need toilet paper but i'm just going to normally need it and since people are freaking out i better freak out too yeah you know <laughs> please don't I, I was i was joking today um i had a doctor's appointment i was telling the, the gal at the office there i said you know i think i'm gonna i'm gonna go on ebay and i'm going to um i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna I'm going to, it's probably been done already, but I'm going to list a roll of toilet paper and I'm just going to put it up for auction. <laughs> See what it goes for. Just a single roll sitting there, you know, and say, Hey, I'm auctioning that <laughs> off. P.S. I'm going to give whatever auction, whatever it comes in. I'm going to, I'm going to give that to a family in need because, you know, they lost their job or they got sent home or, you know, their restaurant closed. They're not making any tips, whatever, you know, some single mom or a family or something, you know? Yeah. But, but I, I, I just really hope if you were listening that, and, and, you know, we could go through so much scripture. I, I'm not going to do that today. I'm not just going to like ream off all the scripture and go, there it is. You should do it. Hey, we get to live differently every day. But I think this presents this sort of wake up call for us to say, hey, we really are going to choose 
in the midst of great fear and anxiety and you know and selfishness and hoarding and all that we're going to choose to be and exist and invite and live in such a way that people experience the love of God in community like never before i really i think we get yeah. to i love that caesar you know the other thing as you're talking there i'm thinking about is that while this is new for us and and you even mentioned that um andy crouch kind of helped peel back some of this yeah this, really uh, some really good stuff he's been talking about on this yeah yeah but we're we're not the first ones to have to go through i mean when i when you look back and think of plagues and that sort of stuff what we're what we're experiencing now is unfamiliar to us but in the history of the church and even the history yeah. of civilization this is not shocking right no no plagues and sickness and illness has hit forever and I think this one uh, might just might just serve up like a genuine revival of Christian mm. faith and discipleship and renewal of our church. Because like I said a minute ago, like it, people are scattering. And if, if boy, oh boy, if we could keep talking to folks and convince them this is a great opportunity to be the church, now you yeah. can't go to church, right? But yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. This is not new, but praise God we live in a time with healthcare, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and all kinds of opportunities. And for most people, they will not get this virus, I believe. And I think yeah. for most people who do, they're not going to get any more sick than a cold or a flu from what the experts are saying. Yet, there are those who are going to suffer and die, and, and, and there have been, you know? Yeah. And, and, but fortunately, most people are going to get great care and maybe even avoid this, right? But let's just think back for a second. Think about the Roman world. We think back to like early church, you know, the founding of our faith. The Roman world at that time was full of plagues. Okay. Mm. Epidemics like regularly were like just wiping out cities and region. All right. Sure. And, and though ancient people didn't necessarily understand how it all worked back then, they knew enough to flee the city, <laughs> you know, and get out of crowds. <laughs> they were smart. Socially yeah. isolate if you can afford to. Right. And so mm. the first Christians, though, who saw themselves as, you know, God's family, right, as the household of God yeah. within their city, like a city on a hill kind of thing. Right. A city within a city. Um, they didn't flee the plagues. Christians didn't. They stayed. They served. There's a cool book called The Rise of Christianity, and uh, the author, who's a sociologist, Rodney Stark, he, he, he has this uh, argument, this, and it's all based on statistics and stuff, that this commitment of the early church to stay and serve people, you know, provide meaningful care to people who were afraid okay. and sick and stricken by plagues and illnesses, um, was by itself if not the major, it's seriously a major contributor to the growth of the church in the first centuries of the common era, hmm. you know? And so yeah. guess what? Think about it. After you've recovered from the plague or this great sickness and fear and all that's going on, you know, after all, where would you look for hope? Would you look to the government or the news programs or the media that stoked your fear and suggested isolation as your remedy and for your hope, you know, and your cure? Or would you look to the household and the neighbors who brought you food and mm. water and toilet paper and hand sanitizer and care and concern and themselves, even maybe at a risk or a great risk to themselves? Who would you look to? You know, that's yeah. human. See, there's a lot of fear right now. And perfect love, scripture says, casts out fear. Amen. Perfect love, right? And so when this plague, when this virus, when this outbreak, when this pandemic that it's been termed fairly i think has sure. passed what will our neighbors remember of us you know mm, will they remember that the christians took immediate and decisive action to protect the vulnerable 
even at great personal cost and, and, you know, and organizational cost? Will they remember that, you know, being prepared and free from panic, that, that the households of Christians, their neighbors, were able to actually visibly help people, hmm. you know, while being appropriate. In other words, not doing risky, crazy stuff they didn't need to. So they're, they're organizing, you know, a big hug fest out in the middle of the cul-de-sac and, you, you know, whatever, and everybody should sure. kiss on the mouth because we're going to prove to God like <laughs> handling snakes. No, no, no. Like, like normal common sense stuff, but... Yeah but then risking greatly, right? But, and, and showing great, great love. What, will that, is that what they're going to remember? Or are they going to think, nope, everybody was pretty much like us. I was so encouraged by some of the folks in my own neighborhood who got on our Facebook group and, were, and we were able to be a part of this, you know, and say yes and amen to that and count us in and let us know. They're just saying, hey, like, we are here for you. We, this neighborhood is the best. We love our neighbors. We love you. Anything yeah. we can do to serve you, you know, and we were in, T and I were like, you know, and if you run out of anything, we are so crazy stocked. We'll bring it, you know, like, it's all good, you know, mm, and, cool. and, and I hope that's, I hope that's what the church will grasp, you know, and not just only in like kind of in helping, but I think there's even more opportunity. So anyway. Yeah. So I'm curious as you're talking about your Facebook group there and I'm thinking about many of my friends who, uh, are kind of all over the place in what they're saying and how much fear they're personally yeah. dealing with. Uh, friends that have like health anxiety, stuff like that. I'm curious, in times like this, how do you think Christians should and should not be communicating? Well, I don't think stoking the, the existing like 24-hour news cycle of fear helps. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? exactly. Um, right? I, I just don't, I don't think so. I don't think we should be saying though, hey, everything's going to be fine. Hmm. Or you're going to be okay. Don't worry at all. Like, I don't think that that's necessarily helpful. And you know, it's not necessarily even true in the sense because every human will endure suffering in their life. They're going to one kind or another and sickness. And, you know, I know some people are, they get ticked off to be reminded of the fact that more people are sick with the flu and have died from the flu. So, so far this year times like 10 or 20, you know what I mean? Or a hundred or, you know what I mean? Sure. Like it's like 20 plus thousand people have died from the flu this season, you know? Jeez. And so people are already, we face things. So you imagine like telling people like, oh, no, 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 we're Christians and like we're here to help you and um, you'll never, ever get sick. You're mm. never going to have pain in your life. No one in your family is ever going to suffer or pass yeah, on. No, delusional. that's not, that's not helpful. Um, yeah. I don't think we should be saying to fearful people, you're just overreacting. Hmm. I think there is overreaction, but that's not helpful. You know, yep. the media is stoking all that stuff and any kind, you know, all kinds of news and rumors. And now there's, there's all this, uh, you know, conspiracies of other nations who, you know, they're flo they floated that over here. And I'm not going to even name names because I don't even want to yeah, pass it on. <laughs> but because but, meeting anxiety with an accusation of overreacting to someone though, it's yeah. not likely to help. Right. Hmm. Okay. I think what we should be saying is, to people like, hey, I noticed your church isn't getting together, or hey, you guys are starting to have people over to your home, like mm. to, to pray or to have meals. And is that, are you afraid of that? I think we should be telling people love is the reason that we've changed our behavior. Mm. You know, right? Beautiful. The, yeah, the yeah. reason to alter our you know rhythms and practices and even preferences, especially in the way we gather and hang out, it's not self protection, right? Right. But yeah. it's it's to care for those. You know. Uh, you know, maybe as individuals, younger and healthier people, we're fine. And it's not posing the hugest threat to us, maybe not more than an ordinary flu or ever. But, but we've changed some things to, to, to care for and be extra careful with the vulnerable. 
with the elderly, mm. with people who are extra older. And, and we've changed even the rhythms of our life and, and how we use our food and resources to make sure that the, the least vulnerable and the people that are going to have the hardest time getting out, and maybe they got out too late to even stock up on anything if they needed it or whatever, that they're really cared for. So yeah, there's some changes, but hopefully love's our motivation for that. Yeah, and I, and I think above all, we can say, but you, not, you need not fear because the a God of the universe who loves you and created you, he knows your needs and he will care for you. He really will. And you know, part of how he wants to do that is through others and through us. And we hope, we hope we can help you. We really, we can. And we hope that together we, we're going to get through this in a whole lot better way than we, we would apart. And so there's not necessarily need to, to be fear. The only thing to fear, as Jesus said, is the one who can cast your body and soul into hell. Now that's, I'm not leading with that message, but to other Christians, I would say that's really your only fear is, is the one who is sovereign over us and who, if he removed his grace, then we'd be all in a hurt, right? Yeah. Like we'd all get Deep trouble. what we deserve, but he's not, he said he won't, he'll never leave us or forsake us. Mm. That, that, that's, you know, that's what we need to be communicating. Right. Okay. You know, so, this yeah. also kind of reminds me, uh, as we talk a lot about on life school, the four G's that like, this could be a really great opportunity, a perfect time to, to actually get in the rhythm of practicing the four G's. And I'm wondering if you mind walking us through those again here real quick yeah really quick because that's a great idea though Heath. super good time to focus again on the truths of god right and then when we don't believe these that believe these four things they lead to all kinds of fear and sinfulness and and selfishness and all kinds of stuff and so mm -hmm. i'll do it real quickly um folks can dig through and get a deeper dive into the four g's these come from tim chester actually in his amazing book you can change um but we've talked about it a lot and how we use the community and gospel fluency. So the first of the four G's about God is God is great, right? So mm -hmm. I don't have to be in control. I can trust him. So, you know, cause often we'll say, well, God is great, but he's going to need me hoarding toilet paper and dousing everybody around me with hand sanitizer. Mm. Sure. No, I don't think so. So for me right away, as soon as this thing weeks ago was hitting, I was like, God, you're great. You're powerful. You're sovereign. You're in control. I don't have to be. So I don't have to control everybody else's actions and, you know, post Gestapo's at the door of a gathering or my house, you know, yeah. squirting stuff in their hand like they do on the cruise ship or what, you know, right? <laughs> Second G, God is glorious. Okay. He's the glorious one. He's the original. He's the heavy weightiest one in the universe. So I don't have to fear others and what they might think of our peculiar behavior or what they might perceive as risky. You're still having people over. I can't believe it. Or I've seen you delivering meals, you know, or yeah. putting your hand on someone's shoulder and praying for them. You know, you really shouldn't touch anybody right now. You know, we don't have to fear what others think of us as we glorify God. Remember, they didn't understand Jesus. They said that the, the, the early church and the disciples were a peculiar people. And that's what people thought during the plagues too, in the first century church. Sure. And yet they were so grateful that they were there to care for them, right? Yep. And so there, there will be people that will not understand it. They will be angry that, that you're doing that. Well, don't you have family members? I mean, maybe you're going to yeah. get home and you're fine, but then someone you know is going to get it from you and then someone older or sick is gonna, Maybe, you know, back yep. to God is great. So I, I don't have to control everything. I trust him, right? Here's the mm -hmm. third G, God is good. So I don't have to look elsewhere for my hope and my satisfaction. I may not understand, you know, people are going to say, you know, if God's so good, why would he even allow the virus to even occur? Hey, there's always been sickness as a result of mm. sin, human sin. The way God created us and close to him to, to live eternal 
eternal lives, that was all broken at the fall. That, that was yeah. our choice to try to live a life apart from God and out from under his protection, creating an identity and a life where we controlled the knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong for ourselves. And so, mm-hmm. so this is not God's doing, but God is good and he will glorify himself and he will strengthen our families and he will strengthen our church and our nations, I believe, through this. You can already see, man, I was, in, I was literally almost in tears watching uh, some, some live news feeds of what's going on and the amount of, of, of businesses and individuals and corporations and governmental organ, you know, uh, things oh, yeah. going on in our nation. Yeah. Right. I was watching it teared up going, thank you, God. And thank you that like the stock market quit falling. And I don't have any money in stocks. You know, I don't buy stocks, but I don't have any money to put in them. But I was just (laughs) grateful because those finances represent jobs and care, you know, and fear or lack of it and all that. So God is good. So we don't have to look elsewhere for our hope. Right. And though I wasn't looking to my government and those, those businesses for hope. I was grateful to God, see, because I know he's working it out. And I saw that as evidence of his grace, which is the fourth G. God is gracious. And so, so I don't have to prove myself or earn his love, right? God's not punishing you or me or the world or whatever or anyone with this virus. That's not happening. His grace his unmerited favor is available in full measure today, right now, for all of us. Grace. Mm-hmm. That, doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean we won't get sick or that someone we know won't get sick or die or whatever. It could happen. People are dying all the time. It's, a, it's, a, it's an aspect of sin in the world. Yeah. We were created to live forever, but now <laughs> we don't physically live forever, right? Mm-hmm. Spiritually, God's work and work that all out at the cross. And someday we're going to have restored bodies and all that. And we don't have time to get into that. But God is gracious. So we don't have to prove ourselves or think we have to earn his love. Or like, well, if I do these things or like some things we're going to suggest, like I better do those. Otherwise we might get sick. No, God is gracious. We have his unmerited favor. It was all bought and paid for at the cross. We have his love. We have his forgiveness. We have his acceptance. We have his care. It's all ours. <laughs> we have Amen, it. Man. Right? Yeah. And I think as we move forward with this kind of like resounding in our hearts, these four G's, I do think that the, the beauty of the church and the beauty of people claim to follow Jesus, that this is really a great opportunity at our feet, like at our doorstep, right? Right yeah. now for us to actually be uh, people who help fill the world with what Jesus is like. And so I'm kind of curious yeah. about some, maybe some creative ideas on how we can be operating in these days. If you have any thoughts on that. Yeah. And, you know, and I, this is growing every day, brother. I, I yeah. do have some ideas. This is growing every day because this is new too. And, and if and people I have ideas, re- add them to the comments, right? Of the live stream here. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Please. We want a dialogue. Yeah. Everybody who's watching or listening to this, if you watch it live, great. Um, maybe if there's comments or questions, we could try to get to some Heath. Yeah. Take a peek there while yep. I'm giving some of these and see. Um, deal. But um, I think this is going to continue to grow. I kind of had to reverse engineer what we've been saying and teaching all along because I really do believe if the church was the church in everyday life and making disciples and living on mission to display God's glory and fill the world with his glory in life and family and community every day, like I believe we were called to, I think that we would already be here. You know, yeah, and this whole right. like, well, now we can't go to our building. Like, it would be like, well, oh, it's fun to do that, but that doesn't change much. A couple hours a week will change, right? Anyway, mm-hmm. so here's some of the, here's some of the things that I'm I'm just gonna go through them, and people could take notes, think of them, add their own. Okay, um, yeah. gathering in our homes. I think we need to do that, and and treating everyone as family. Like I said, we we had a little dinner party last night. Still did it. Uh, sharing our toilet paper and hand sanitizer, food supplies, our presence. 
continue to have people over, okay? And, and even as the church, like if your church is live streaming, you know, gather. It's okay, yeah. all right? Here's the next thing. Go out of your way to look out for, you know, the elderly sacrificially, okay? They're the yeah. ones most vulnerable. Take them meals and assure them, hey, I want to drop you off some meals, um, but I've been very, very careful, you know? Like I've not mm -hmm. coughed on your food. I've sanitized like crazy. I, I'd love, what could I serve? You know, there's like help. Like they have fears, under, be understanding with that. But yep. look, look to go out of our way to care for the elderly. Also, take care of the widows and orphans among us, which are really single moms and kids. Mm -hmm. Single moms are generally working like multiple jobs, you know, some of them, a lot of them, to try to care for their kids. Their kids are home alone while they're trying to work. They're just grateful that their job hasn't been canceled yet, or in some cases they have, and they're like, oh man, we're hand to mouth week to week already take care of single moms and their kids offer yep. to let their kids come on over offer offer to you know like schools out right like offer to babysit their kids during the day if you can and you're staying home so they can work and they don't have to like give the little bit that they're making to some outside health care and then putting the kids into a giant cesspool right like yeah. really look to care for widows and orphans that, that the bible teaches us that's that's pure religion <laughs> that's the true stuff right um yeah. Not being afraid to invite people over to your home um, if they have needs too, like, you know, or whatever, and asking them how we can pray for them in this scary time. Like a lot of people wouldn't do that. They're like, well, you know, that might be freaky to my neighbors. Not now it's not. Like I, there I say this is an opportunity. I think this is an unprecedented opportunity. At my doctor's office, man, I'm totally talking about this stuff, right? Hmm. Um, and, and not like in weird ways and trying to like bait and switch them and hand out crazy, scary tracks. No, but like, this is a great opportunity to say, how are you feeling about this? Yeah. You know, how are you guys doing? Like, what are, what are you doing to be careful? You know, how's it affecting your life? Hey, like, could I pray for you guys? Do you mind? Like, you know, we have great faith in God, a God who is bigger than all of this. Hmm. And, and there's all kinds of crazy stuff in the world and sickness, but mostly fear being stoked, right? Can I pray for you right now? Don't fear that. Like yeah. that's going to change relationships and bonds with people. Pray with the elderly, pray for those single moms and their kids They're, Listen, now is your biggest time to be able to do that. And people will be grateful for it. And remember, mm -hmm. we have that privilege as God's kid, God's kids. Like we get to come Absolutely before him, right? Like scripture says that God doesn't hear the prayers of the evil. Those who are far from him, mm -hmm. he'll hear ours. We're his kids. Let's, let's, let's take this opportunity and pray with people. Okay. Um, I'd also say, um, Continue, you know, start to worship as the church, as oikos and as extended family, you know, mm -hmm. take initiative to get people from your body together, still worship, still pray for one another, still open the word, trust yep. God. Yeah. Be careful. You know, maybe use some hand sanitizer, right? If someone's sick, say, Hey, if you're sick, stay home. If you're not sure, or you just got back from a long you know, trip and you were in a plane, maybe skip this week, you know, or the next, whatever, you know, like we can, we can still be wise, but take some initiative instead of saying, well, man, this is like, we get the next four Sundays off, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and maybe we'll watch the live stream. Maybe we won't. We should at least watch it once in case the pastor asks, you know, come on, yeah. take some initiative to be the body, gather as oikos, extended households of faith. At least yeah. if you have a small group or a missional community, Get together an extra day of the week just for the sake of worshiping and praying for one another, right? Do that, okay? Yeah, or if you're going to gather, right, and, and have the live stream, uh, if you're going to live stream, like, why not do a meal together while you're doing it in someone's house? You know, make it Absolutely. more than just coming together for a quick gathering, but actually make an event out of it where you can actually build towards a family oikos. And I know some of you are like, oh, that's too scary. We're all going to get sick. I, 
how will people know that we're the Lord's, that we're Christ's, that by our love together? Let yeah. them ask. I see you guys had a whole bunch of cars. What was going on? Well, you know, a whole bunch of our, our family and extended family, we got together for prayer and just hope and to encourage one another and, mm-hmm. and, and to just to, to really trust God together. You know, you're welcome to come to that. I, I'm telling you, we're, we're on the precipice of something great. Here we can be, really can. Um, I want to encourage people too, um, if you're watching this or listening to this, change some of your prayer time to not just, you know, asking God for, for like toilet paper or stuff or to don't let us get sick or whatever, you know, uh, get to, okay? But, but start to ask God who specifically you can serve and bless right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we teach in our coaching times and with people that, you know, we've trained in discipleship to ask what's next, Lord? Who specifically would you have us bless and how? Yeah. See, he knows perfectly. You might not even know. And he might say, you know that family over there? You don't mm-hmm. know this, but the husband's out of town and the wife's home with the kids alone and she's pretty free and he's kind of stuck in another country. Or when he gets home, they have to kind of like isolate him. So she's going to be single mom in it for a while. And she's, yep. you know, ask God more and more now, Lord, who would you have us bless and how? Yeah. Okay. Right. That's good. Um, here's another thing. Continue to celebrate, right? Keep throwing birthday parties right? Celebrate new birth. Keep celebrating all the good that God continues to do. And don't like have our whole life focused on the few things that might maybe happen. Yeah. It's a good okay. Word. That's, that shows a complete utter lack of trust and faith. Mm-hmm. It really does. It really does. Continue to celebrate, continue to have parties. There again, be, be smart. Continue to do that, right? Continue yeah. to celebrate God's extravagant blessings in our life. Okay. And and here'd be the last thing I'd say. Um, Take a break from TV and media and the things that stoke your fear and separation and isolation anxieties and, and really start to maybe practice a true Sabbath where, where you're Mm -hmm. intentional about resting in Christ and his completed work and rehearsing your blessings and all the things that are going great, you know, and continue to, and the fact that we have amazing healthcare and a government that cares and tries and protects the best that they can, you know, don't, you know, just remember all that and and then take a break from media, (laughs) you know, like don't just keep putting gas on the fire of fear and all that. You, You know, I've watched so much news. They say the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And it just gets scarier. And they're, they're just, I feel like they're the news and media. They're just waiting for the next bad story to report so they can report and go, Oh, we got something new to say. Yeah. It's not good for your soul, right? Yeah. Take a break. Yeah. Turn down the, turn down the heat a little bit. Yeah. Uh, All right. How do you want to end this thing? Cause I don't think we're going to do a big three this week, but I I know we did kind of, there was a prayer yeah, that you found to be super helpful. I think, yeah, I think people can, you know, who, if you're a regular listener and you're hearing this sort of, you know, special extra ap- episode, you have your own big three takeaway. All right. There's plenty in that, you know, and I would say, Hey, like, you know, take, take a moment too, you know, in your phone or with a piece of paper, or if you're listening to this with anybody else, write down, you know, at least your big takeaway, like actionable takeaway, like, Hey, you know what? That's for, that's for us. Or write down your big three, okay? That that's what yeah. you get to do, and you could share them, you know, either you know here on 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 my Facebook page or in the Life School Podcast group on, on Facebook, depending on how where you're seeing this, okay? But yeah. yeah, let me let me end with a little prayer. A brother reminded me of this this week, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Um, this is comes from the Book of Common Prayer, and millions of people worldwide read this all the time. But here's what it says, and we can end with this. It okay. says, "Look mercifully, O Father, on our infirmities." And for the glory of your name, rescue us from all those evils that we now endure. 
and grant that in all our troubles, we may put our whole trust and confidence in your mercy, serving you in holiness and purity of life to your honor and glory through our only mediator and advocate, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 Caesar, great doing this bonus episode with you. Uh, I know it was helpful for me, and I'm sure it was helpful for many who will continue to listen, both on live stream that have been with us right now, but also into the night as we sleep and people log in and get to kick back and watch a bonus episode of the podcast. Yep. Uh, and we'll hear it. It'll be in the feed, so all that too. Yeah. And then there'll be our normal episode. It'll be on Monday, and uh, we'll see everybody there. Please, again, leave any thoughts or comments you have, questions. Uh, Heath and I will kind of monitor all that stuff, and we're, we want to stay yeah. engaged. We need you. We need each other. We get to be the church during this time, even if yeah. you don't get to go to church, <laughs> which never really works anyway. Okay? So thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for yeah, watching. Thanks for Please share us. this. Okay? And we'll see you real soon.